What up, everybody? We're back. Oasis Podcast, episode 43. I mean, we are seven away from 50. Isn't that crazy? We are going to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do something special for 50? Like- yeah, 50 is actually going to be a in-person live recording of our podcast, so we're going to invite you on. <laughs> Anybody so like, subscribe, by? and make sure you get your tickets to the live recording top, of top, the 50th podcast. Yeah, top 10 who... Uh, Nope, don't know. I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> lost, I lost it. Had a thought. As a classic example of top ten listeners can yeah meet and like greet. most. We're gonna we're gonna put out a quiz of ten questions based off of the previous podcast and what we said. All probably have to do with inside jokes. <laughs> so if you've been listening, <laughs> so if you've been listening, top ten who have the most right get to be in the VIP section of our live recorded mm-hmm. podcast. Visit the podcast studio. Yep. Sit in, sit in the chairs sit, that we sit in. Sit in, sit in to the uh, prep time that we have when we all <laughs> yell at each other and disagree. Oh man! <laughs> if only the people happened, could so. see. Some of it's really great. Some of it is just like we don't know what we're doing, if which only, is normal. If only they could see. All right, let's let's dive into this. Um, we're doing the topic of simplicity, but before we get there, I've got a question for you. What is something in your homes? Oh, I didn't introduce you guys. My name is Brennan, and then I've got Ben with me. Yeah. And Jaina. Hello. <laughs> um, um, it can be... <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. I got, I got sidetracked. <laughs> ben distracted me. What is something in your home it would be very hard for you to get rid of? Jaina, you might have to start because this guy's gone. still losing it. Oh, my gosh. Um, maybe this is a dumb answer, but my bed. I don't think there's a dumb answer. I'll say that. Like... I mean, I don't, I don't have, like, I could get rid of probably anything else and be be okay. Yeah. But I don't know. (laughs) Have you ever heard the, like, practice of people who will intentionally sleep on the floor as, like, uh, I don't really get the whole thing and I've never practiced it myself. You mean prisoners of war? No. Oh, my gosh. Gosh. (laughs) No, I meant people who, like, abstain from sleeping in their bed as a sign of, or as, like, a way of like almost suffering in order to like embrace like a season of like Lent or something like that, where they'd give mm. up their bed. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Comfort, just, like getting, yeah, getting yeah, yeah. like removing comfort. comfort for the, for a season in order to better follow Jesus. And so they'll sleep on the floor. Yeah. Like, All right. Y'all wild yeah, with I mean, it. I can do that. Yeah. You re- remove, <clears throat> I just can make a joke about my wife, baby. I love you. <laughs> I know you're listening, but you take away my wife's bed and, She's not going to love people. <laughs> I would probably be a horrible person. I, yeah. I think I could do it. Taking naps on the floor before, I could take them again. Yeah, I fall asleep on the floor all the time. I could sleep anywhere, realistically. Hmm. But I yeah. don't want to. That's and I good. wouldn't yeah. wake up great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ben, what's hard for you to get rid of? Them yeah, now? I mean, my children. <laughs> well, that's good. I hope they grow up and never listen to these podcasts. <laughs> That would be amazing. Like oh just ten years down the road, Wesley's a sophomore in high school, and he just like, I have I have big big dreams for Wes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's listening, Wesley. I love you. So he'll Future still Wes. be in high school. Is what you're saying? No, That's he won't. He, no, no, he's not. He's not gonna be in high school at sixteen. He's gonna, gonna get, be he's gonna get his GED. <laughs> oh, he's gonna go <laughs> join YWAM. He's gonna go do missions. Hmm. He's gonna get called in the ministry. Just wow. saying, I'm I'm not gonna put that on him. <laughs> Good. Right. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I will affirm that immediately if that's what he wants to do. <laughs> wow. Um, no TV for sure in our house. Hmm. That, I, and and we're gonna get into this, but man, this one, this topic of simplicity is whew, 
I'm wrestling hard with it, but television for sure, mm-hmm. just based off of legitimately the amount of time we use and what it does to our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, TV would be hard. Yeah. And then for me, I'd probably say like clothes, shoes, just like that kind of stuff. I just have a lot of it and I like having a lot of it. You know, I, I like having 12 pairs of shoes that I can pick from each and every day. I don't know why. I just, I do. And then when it comes to like clothes, I talked about an agreed message a couple of weeks ago where it was like, yeah, I give away clothes sometimes, but only the ones that are destroyed, ruined, stained, and I haven't worn 12,000 years. (laughs) You know? So, yeah, it would be hard for me to get rid of all that stuff. But coming back to just the topic of simplicity, the reason we chose this, and we're we're just coming off the back of a series called um, Slow Down, Shut Up in the Seventh Day. It was a series based on um, the idea of pushing back against cultures, um, just kind of theme that they've set of life that's this hustle hurry work hard do it all achieve everything you must be this type of person to, to succeed in our world and we see that in in our people especially in young adults and in ourselves and we wanted to to help step into the way of jesus which is slowing down finding silence and solitude and practicing sabbath again in order to re reachieve the way that jesus lived and and push back against what our culture is trying to, to instill in us and right along in line with those things, if we would have probably had a fourth week, we maybe would have added this topic of simplicity. And, and sim- I would have not preached on it. <laughs> <laughs> and simplicity at its core is simplifying your life. It's, it's reorganizing your priorities, both in your time, in your talents, and in your skills and your gifts, but also with your treasures and what you own and how you spend your money. So I'm going to kind of pass it off to Ben, and he'll yeah. get us started on this idea of simplicity. Yeah, and the, the reason this is important for us is, uh, yes, pushing back against culture, but also when you look at the lifestyle of Jesus and what we've talked about even in this series is he was one who you could look like, seemed like he had a simple life. And I think it was more than just he lived 2,000 years ago. Mm. I just, I really, I really do believe that a lot of what he taught, how he lived it. Like, I think you can go and pray and be alone with God for hours on end in a simple lifestyle at a slow down pace. Like we've talked about. So, and as followers of Jesus, all right, I want to look at Jesus. How do we follow those rhythms and push into that? That's good. I love how you said that. Like, I mean, we're not just anti-culture, we're pro-Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. sweet. That's good. That's our new mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> we're not just anti-culture, we're pro-Jesus. I, I actually, we're going to put that on a shirt. <laughs> that's next year's Oasis shirt. shirt with that, I bet you could. Okay. <laughs> Write it down. All right. Really <laughs> Sorry. No, but so looking at the lifestyle of Jesus and even in his teachings, I mean, immediately when it comes to what does it look like to live a, a simple life? Like we go to Matthew 6. And a lot of what we struggle with and a lot of the complexity that we put into our life has created worry, has created concern, potentially even created anxiety. Um, And I'm not talking about the diagnosed reality of of anxiety, Mm -hmm. but anxiety we put on ourselves based off of how we have crammed schedules, based off of the things that we think we need to have our own, based off of how we receive identity and acceptance and purpose. So we look at Matthew 6 and Jesus says, but if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But then he says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Like the simple life seeks first the kingdom of God. The rhythm 
the following Jesus, the lifestyle of Jesus is one where we are seeking first the kingdom of God. It's putting a priority in our life of what we're pursuing. And I think the more complex our life is, the more first we have. Mm. I really do believe that. And so mm. the simple life has a first. And is it for me, what I've wrestled with so much, just I think in general, as a follower of Jesus, it's we're getting to that place and that point of what does it look like for me to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And I think a simple lifestyle is a way to do that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That sole priority idea where it's just like reorienting everything we do to come back to the kingdom. But in that, I mean, I think simplicity lends itself to this idea that people will culturally tag it as minimalism. <laughs> And is that what we're articulating for when we talk about simplicity? Like, is it just the same thing as minimalism? Because I've seen the Netflix doc and like, right, kind of looks interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's who is the gal who like came and started? Everyone started like reorganizing their their homes. Oh, Marie Kondo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So right, yeah. that was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's over COVID or just even a couple years ago. It was more farther back. Than oh wow, I am. <laughs> I'm losing my mind, people. That's fine. But you like could have watched idea, it during COVID. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't watch it at all. <laughs> I just heard about it. No, but there's that idea of, I don't think what I see as the simplicity lifestyle of Jesus is what we would see and how the culture would define minimalism. Classic semantics issue, which we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Like how you define something is really, really important and actually helps the conversations if you can get on the same page. But when I think of mi- minimalism, I think of something that I'm putting a practice that I live in my life that just thinks about my possessions and the now that more so focuses on the selfishness of me, uh, than what I see the lifestyle of Jesus of seeking first the kingdom of God. I think of decluttering mess. I think of, I mean, throwing away things that, that I haven't used donating, like you said, unwanted potentially like clothes or things, Mm -hmm. not a generous lifestyle, but still a selfish life. So it's just, I'm, I have these things, but I'm not using them. So I'll just get rid of them. So I'll declutter. Um, that's what I think of when I think of minimal, minimalism. Uh, there has been a lot of movement towards in the recent, even since like, I, I think I just read an article this before we started in 2018, they came out with, even in min- minimalism, they would say, take a look at your priorities. And from that, make decisions externally to declutter, to live a, of what, we're saying even is a simple lifestyle, but even that, like we're pro Jesus, but we're also a little bit anti-culture. Our culture's priorities are messed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. It is about selfishness. So I personally don't like minimalism, but I don't think it's fully wrong. Mm-hmm. I like using that word simplicity because it's an internal pursuit of the kingdom of God, pushing into seeking his righteousness, which helps me love him and love others. Well, that have, in that, when I make those choices, have uh, external consequences. Mm-hmm. So it's an internal pursuit first of seeking God's kingdom, and then the choices that I make are going to be seen externally Yeah, yeah. in a simple lifestyle. So I don't like the word minimalism. I don't think it's fully wrong. just puts me off, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> an extremist. So I live on the spectrum of like, I don't want to use it because I think it's a culture thing, <sighs> which I could easily be wrong. And I, I think if you're building off of that, there's there's other pieces that don't perfectly align between minimalism and simplicity. So Ben was talking inward versus external and like where your motivation comes from for that. Otherwise, minimalism can lead itself to a legalism. So it's like there's a set of rules you must follow and achieve. You can only have this many pieces of furniture. You can only have this many aspects of clothing. And there's this set of rules that... And, and, Maybe it changes a lot for people. I'm not one that practices it, but that's what I've seen. Whereas 
uh, simplicity lends itself to freedom, not legalism. So you're getting rid of possessions, you're freeing your schedule, you're decluttering your life, you're doing all these things, not so to fulfill a set of rules or to, to fulfill an obligation, but to open up your life to have the freedom you need to, uh, to interact with God and with people and to love people and God better, you know what I mean? Otherwise, there, I think there's these tensions between minimalism being about the here and the now. It's fixing everything now so you can live the perfect life, where simplicity is about it's the eternal. You're changing things now so that your eternity, whatever, prioritizing, prioritizing is, is heaven is what, what matters. And then there's a sense of um, minimalism is about the physical. It's about the uh, here and now, the things you can touch, the things you're dealing with, your emotions, all of this, whereas there's an, a, a sense of um, spiritualness that comes with simplicity, yeah. obviously, because yeah. it's the Christian idea of it, <laughs> but it's more about God and yeah. his kingdom and what he's doing in the spiritual side of things. And that have incredible physical ramification and even manifestations, mm-hmm. which is beautiful, where I think culturally minimalism points to, and we said, I just, I, this is what I've been wrestling with and wh- why... I, I'm struggling right now, and I'm just going to be honest with our podcast peeps. We do we have a name for our podcast people who listen. No, We're going to come no. up with a name. That for you always guys. makes me. No, cringe I love so it. Bad. I know that's why I want to do it. And it's <laughs> not a wa- it's like, not Oasis sites because that's what I think Rick, who started oh, Oasis. Yep, I'm pretty sure Rick called the Oasis people. And I was like, that's not okay. I'm not going to say I hate it. No, I hate it. But I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just sorry. Anyway, what I've been wrestling with is, I just lost my train of thought. Classic. Um. Said you were it's be- okay that things have physical like ramifications, external um, outcomes when we are pursuing, like it's a spiritual thing to pursue the kingdom of God. That's a spiritual reality to pursue God's righteousness. I can't, there's no physical manifestation that I could point to and grab and have. It is a spiritual reality. So like as a follower of Jesus and pursuing a simple lifestyle and pursuing seeking God's kingdom first and his righteousness, that's a spiritual reality that has awesome physical outcome that looks different for every follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's that, that part to me, like, that's awesome. Yes, I want that. It's okay. What does that look like is where I'm struggling. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's go there and maybe we'll have Jana start us off with a couple of the examples, but I do want us to just throw out, okay, okay. If we're going to talk simplicity and we're going to talk it from a, a Christian perspective, what examples, like application, really practical things do we see lending itself to a more simple life? Yeah, I mean, one of the first things that we struggle with as a culture, just people in general, is materialism and the bend towards finding identity and purpose and meaning um, in the material things that we have, whether that be the size of our homes, the cars we drive, the amount of clothes we have, what brands they are, oh. you know. X, Y, Z, all the above. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have a real struggle with that. And simplicity calls us to find identity, purpose, and meaning in something other than those material things. Yeah, I, there was this. So obviously, a bunch of this ideas come from John Mark Comer and his book and his research and his reading and his preaching. Um, and one of the things he found this scholar that labeled our culture having affluenza. So instead of influenza, like you're being sick, it was affluenza. So it's this link inkling to like pursue affluence and it's making us ill as a culture. Amen. And I was like, yo, That's that is good. catchy. That is nice. <laughs> yeah. So we all have affluenza. We have affluenza because <laughs> we're leaning towards materialism, which I mean, as he studies it, yeah. we haven't always been like this as a, as a people. There was a change that happened and I'll do this 
semi-quickly. But there was a change that happened when the factory system started to, to mm. be produced. And when Henry Ford came and he, he yeah. introduced the factory line, we were able to make more things faster and cheaper. Yeah. So as a culture and as a people, we started to do that. So then we got put in these world wars where we needed needed to make tanks and ammunition and guns and resources as quickly as possible in mass amounts. So factory lines popped up all over the United States, all over the place in order to produce these things. But the wars ended. And when the wars ended, there was all of these factory lines, all of these workers, all of these things they could make, but they didn't need the guns, the tanks, Mm. the bullets, the ammunition. They didn't need any of that anymore. So they turned those factory lines into making other things. And they made clothes and they made cars and they made televisions and radios and they made all of these household products and things. So now as a, as a, economy we were pumping out all of these goods to a people that previously hadn't purchased all these things but with the supply came the demand and as a culture we lended ourselves for the last century to materialism because we continue to produce at a high rate so we continue to consume at a high rate right. but it all started based off of this factory advancement line. of technology i mean it's crazy and what's, isn't cr- it? and what's amazing about that and i think john mark Comer talks about this is the advancement of technology was actually supposed to help slow down life mm-hmm. and it didn't so it was instead of me riding my horse <laughs> right an hour which however long it would take or two hours or I mean, it's not even an hour because time clearly, is a man-made clearly construct. you're not a horse rider come on man <laughs> I've, I've ridden horses before <laughs> um, but however many miles away it's like all right i need to plan a couple day trip because i had to ride my horse i'm going to get there to wherever i'm visiting hang out right and it's just do what i need to be done well the car gets invented and all of a sudden travel takes less time which the ideal in that is takes less time to get there so i can spend more time experiencing the people the thing i want to do there but what we've done, what happened was we didn't just spend the time allotted for like if i just want to have a day trip to go hang out in sioux falls like riding my horse like okay i'm gonna probably spend the night and find people if i have a car i can go down but then i can still have lunch and come back right away or have dinner and come back to brookings mm. i just filled my schedule with more things because i can get somewhere faster which created a complexity and a lifestyle that is overpaced and overworked yeah. um, which gets to even the other example of, of time we use our time in a way that pushes back against a simple lifestyle we think the more that we have structured or put in and scheduled and planned which ultimately produces more complexity is better for us when it's not it actually creates worry and mm-hmm. anxiety and stress it's just, yeah yeah and before i took us on that whirlwind of a tangent to materialism Jaina had us on a good path that was going to lend itself to some practical sides. So <laughs> to get back to that, when it comes to this materialism when it, and, and specifically with simplicity, what does it look like for you to examine, I mean, what you own? Like from top down, from the car you drive to the clothes you wear to the shoes you put on to the what fills your backpack, what fills your apartment, what fills your dorm room. Like what are these possessions and clothes? Like what is all of this and how do we make that simple? Yeah, so this is what I've been wrestling with. I, two days ago, I talked to Abigail, my wife, Abby, Abigail. about, I call her Abigail, it's not a real name, that's what I call her, about, I just looked at her and I said, I think that we are supposed to not watch TV. And what I was hoping for in asking that question is, oh, really, why do you think that? And she said, okay. <laughs> and I was angry about it because I wanted it to be a harder decision for our family because I really like TV too much i like watching hockey i like watching football i like watching baseball all those are incredibly time consuming and not just that here's another conviction point that i had the television in our household has made 
yeah, has not allowed, I think, us to parent well hmm. and to love, okay. literally to seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness. I have the temptation over and over to just tell Wesley to go watch TV hmm. and not be with him and parent him. It's too easy. Yeah. And I don't think that helps us seek God's kingdom first. Again, this is me. This is what I've been wrestling with. Mm -hmm. So it's like it literally has become a parent almost in our house or the temptation is there for it to be. Yeah. It's like, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. Like that's not what I'm supposed to like My TV, like number blocks is discipling my kid and I'm not. <laughs> so like he knows math. <laughs> but but it has become now this thing where now Wesley just like, he really likes, again, who doesn't want to be entertained. Yeah. But now like that's like, uh, we say no more to him about watching TV than anything else. It's like, I don't want that. It's not a relationship I want to have with my son. So that's what I'm wrestling with. And it's not just a him thing or a parent thing. It's a me thing too. Like, I want to watch TV when I get home. Like, when I'm, like, if, I, I'm, if I'm at Oasis and I come home and it's 1030 and I'm wired because I was just with hundreds of college students and young adults, like, I'm up. It's like, I'll just put TV on. And I'm not saying everyone should get rid of TV, but that's what I'm wrestling with. Like, it's it's hard. But I think that would create a simplistic lifestyle for us to be able to pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness. No, and I think some people will call you crazy. They'll be like, what, to get rid of the TV completely? I mean, you're not just talking about your TV box set, but you're like no. canceling subscriptions, canceling cable. Like there is no access yeah. for you to TV. And I've been studying some of the Wesleyan church history and looking at the, the, the merger between the Wesleyan Methodists and the Pilgrim Holiness. And one of the big debates between those two when they were coming was what level of holiness is lost if we allow our people to own television sets. And when I when they were like this was a huge problem for them. Like there was other things like can we wear wedding jewelry and like can people have long hair and I was like okay those are even more obscure. But they were like are we going to allow our church members to own television sets? And to me it's just bonkers. Like what the heck why would you not? But maybe they recognized something a century ago, you know, 80 years ago that we're we're still not recognizing today because our lives got consumed or can be consumed by this box set that sits in our living rooms or the phone that's in our pockets. And they saw it, but now we don't. But yeah. that's another side tangent. So. Well, and we'll come back to that conversation at the end of yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the other thing, he, he was talking about TV. Like I said, I started this with clothes. I have, I've been really interested by, and I got to preach that message on greed and uh, generosity. And in that, I studied a little bit of the Luke 12 text. And I can't remember if I used that exact gospel, but the Luke 12 text says the same thing. And it's the parable of the rich, um, the parable of the, the, the farmer. And he, he hits the jackpot. He gets all this money. And Jesus tells this and how the man wasn't generous. And then he lost it all. And it turns around and goes right into worry. And he starts talking about birds and flowers in the fields and it's like okay jesus get get to the point here but eventually he gets to this point where it's like i provide for all of them and I, they don't need to worry and he connects these two stories of money and stuff and materialism and greed right next to worry and as we have pastored and led like the oasis family over the last couple of years consistently we see worry as one of the top things that our people struggle with and i've just been struck over and over how jesus constantly linked control and money and possessions to worry. So for me, where I've felt some conviction is, okay, with the clothes in my closet, I spend, I mean, even if it's three minutes every morning, I spend that time thinking about my outfit and picking it out. And then I have to go and pick my shoes. And I do all these things in the morning where it's probably 10, 15 minutes where I'm putting together all these things. But what would it look like for me to simplify that 
reduce my amount of clothes, reduce my amount of shoes, reduce the amount of time I do and all, spend on all that. And in a sense, simplify my morning process where I am now have extra energy, extra time, extra mental space where I'm not investing in something that's as silly as what clothes and shoes I'll wear. And I can spend that time reading or praying or loving my wife. And you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, I don't know. I, it's really been interesting for me to wrestle with that. Why are you laughing Sorry. so hard? <laughs> just You just want to love your wife, man. Yeah, you I have do. have more time to love your wife. <laughs> You're the worst. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal this next thing from Ben because he's, he has not recovered yet. But when it comes to, to uh, possession, there's an interesting idea that this is the last place we're going to end and then we're going to move to our final actual thought. Before but, we get there. Okay. No, I think this is, I think this sets it up well and I'll, you can still do it. Okay. But <clears throat> going back to this reality of I think simplicity allows us to have more freedom. Um, it, even in a calendar, like in your schedule, right? It's okay, look at your calendar and what allows you to pursue and have phys- holistic health, physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. Look at your calendar. Okay, if there's things on there that don't help allow you to pursue that, and it's not, again, selfish physical health, what you think holistic health look like, it's holistic health in this idea of pursuing the kingdom of God, seeking his righteousness. I think a, sim- a, a simplistic lifestyle, a simple lifestyle, gets rid of complexity and helps us make decisions when it comes to like time, possessions, uh, even clothes and commitments. Mm-hmm. It's easier to say yes and no to things. I think in a simple lifestyle. Yeah. Um. And and not think and and with that, I just I need to say things aren't bad. TV's not bad for us and our family. What ha- it has become has not allowed us to seek God's kingdom first. So example. Yeah, and the example is just this motorcycle example where we don't. Know, I'm an I'm an economic economist uh, at heart. I got an economy degree or an economy degree, (laughs) an economics degree. I I swear I graduated. I promise. Wait a second. (laughs) But there's this idea of like opportunity costs. So for you to buy something, you have to give up something else. And we don't think like that as people. So I'll use this example of a motorcycle. So you financially can afford to buy a motorcycle. Please buy a helmet, but you can buy a motorcycle for Three grand. You have the money in your bank account. It's not going to hurt. You're not going to have to get out a loan, whatever. You're going you're gonna to spend that. And as a culture, we think, okay, I can write that check. I want it. I have it. I want it. I have it. I can write that check. No problem. It's going to be awesome. And we don't think of the opportunity cost or the cost that comes time-wise with owning a motorcycle. So we now have to drive that motorcycle. So your schedule that might have already been full, you're like, oh, I'm going to have all this free time to just drive around the city of Brookings, the big old city, or hit the country gravel roads in your motorcycle. I don't know if you can drive a motorcycle on gravel roads, but in all of this, and we don't think about the time commitment that also goes with that. And then it goes farther than that. Your motorcycle breaks, or you need to wash it, and you need to clean it, you need to care for it. You need to store it. It has to go somewhere. And in all of those things, you're not just spending $3,000 on one piece of equipment with a motor. You're spending $3,000 plus time and energy and space. And and like, it's so much greater than just one decision. So in that, how do you wrestle with some of like the other decisions you make beyond just like relationships? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. some of you have too many relationships, but also some of you have too few. But recognize like wanting to pursue a specific kind of friendship or relationship, it's not a just immediate decision of like, I really want to be that person's friend, let's try it. Recognize what the consequence of that would look like. 
Okay. Finish finish with your idea. All right. Here we go. Um, we so yeah. Just I think literally right above this or below this is Sabbath, right? So we just talked about Sabbath last Sunday night, um, and. I have, I think, the conviction that a Sabbath is a moral Old Testament law that helps actually transitions into a continual moral law for us in the New Testament, something that potentially like we all should follow. Um, a lot of scholars would disagree with that and say it's not like a binding law, a binding thing that Jesus says every follower of Jesus needs to have. I think it's a beautiful practice either. Whether you think it's binding or not, it's a beautiful practice to pursue to help us fall more in love with Jesus and people and help love people better. I don't think simplicity is necessarily a binding law. There's nothing in scripture that helps me point to that. I think simplicity is a practice to help us pursue loving Jesus well and loving God well. I really do believe that. So in that, simplicity is a conviction-based reality. It is what is going on in your soul and heart. What are the things that are in your life? And even just the simple practice of just laying out whether it's possessions or it is your calendar and saying, okay, God, what is on my schedule? And what do I have in my life that just needs to go? But even just starting that type of practice, it's only going to be good for you because what you're doing is you're just trying to give up things and, and pursue Jesus better. So it being conviction-based, it's I think for the rest of our life, we're all going to have things that we can surrender and give up. And that's not just in physical material, right? It's literal spiritual emotional things um potentially relationships or, or even pursuing reconciliation there's things that jesus wants us to pursue to help us live into what he's asked us to live i don't want this to be something where you walk away with thinking man i have to do these things or have to do some of these things because they talked about it because that can become legalism really quickly the problem with the westland church with what brennan was talking about is they allowed and created rules that became legalistic where you have to follow and that is so unhealthy and that's what we do not want. So what I'm wrestling even within the TV thing in our house, that is a me thing. Like, I'm not going to go over to Brennan's house and see a TV. It's like, man, this guy doesn't love Jesus. That's stupid. <laughs> like, that's dumb. That's so unhealthy. We'll and just hide the TV every time Ben comes over. <laughs> honey, honey, honey. Yeah, hide the TV. Right, right, right. Ben's here. I'd but like, to see you try. <laughs> right, right. But I just, I think we've just gotten so bad and negative toward each other on like the person for me in, in, in wanting to get rid of the TV is people will potentially look at me and be like, man, what a weird legalistic tool. But then at the same time, I could have the temptation to look at other people who aren't don't have that conviction to say, like, why do they love Jesus as much as I do? And instead of like, okay, how does Brennan and Jaina come alongside me and rejoice in what God's doing in my soul? And how do I at the same time come alongside them and rejoice in what God's doing in their soul, regardless of what externally that looks like? Like, let's encourage each other to continue to pursue what Jesus has for us. And another really hard thing about the TV thing for me, and I'm, I'm just laying my soul here. This is what I'm wrestling. It's a, literally a wrestle that I'm having is when it comes to parenting, like for Wesley, he is not going to understand the decision. He just won't. And he may not for a long time, but I don't want it that to be a reason why we don't pursue as a family with me and Ab pursuing what God is asking us to do. I want to, over time, as I'm discipling my kid, as I'm loving on Wes and Alice and Otis, to be able to have an opportunity to explain, here's why. Even though, like, yeah, you know what? Some of your friends might not do what we're doing, but here's why we have decided to put this into practice. And I hope at some point there comes a clarity for him in why we did it. He doesn't even have to agree with it. I don't care if he agrees with it. I don't, because that to me is legalism. But understand why the decision that me and Abby made 
for this for our family. And I'm telling you, like, we still haven't made that decision. I I think we have to. And I just, I really do. And so it's like, it, but it's hard. I don't think it's a binding thing for all people. I think it's like, how am I living with Jesus, seeking right God's kingdom and his righteousness, not worrying about where I'm going to get food and clothing, uh, and not trying to pursue finding identity and meaning and purpose, like Jane has said, and, and what the culture tells us to, to seek it in, but having that be, be in Jesus. Ultimately, what I'm trying to say, this is really hard to implement. Um, but I think having people around us who can affirm just what God's doing in our life, where we don't have to, one, put our convictions on other people, because that's legalism, but also encourage and celebrate the convictions of each other of what God's doing in our soul to help us better love God and love people is a good thing. Yeah. Yep. No, no further comments. <laughs> no, that's awesome. We hope this has been encouraging to you or challenging to you. We hope you wrestle with it a little bit. But um, in all of it, just make sure that you're following what God's doing in your soul. Like Ben said, make sure you're pursuing the priorities of uh, his kingdom first and, and, and whatever that looks like for you. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for, for checking it out. And we will catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>